0: You're listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life podcast, episode number two. Whose phenomenal is it? This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? we'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life and give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome to episode two. Thanks for joining me today. Our topic today is, Who's Phenomenal Is It? This podcast is for dreamers and achievers, for those who aren't satisfied with a good life because they know there's more. There's more within to explore, more around to explore. There's a yearning or a calling deep within that hasn't quite reached its form yet. It's for people who wonder at the end of the day, is this all there is? who've checked a lot of boxes in life personally and professionally, and have the capability to check more, but maybe lack satisfaction or fulfillment. It's amazing how many of us are in this situation, and it's not commonly discussed. We beat ourselves up, I have a good life, I should be happy. Or ask, What's wrong with me? Why am I not satisfied? Or say things like, Everything's perfect, but I feel alone. Or ordinary. Or boring. I have a friend who's a doctor, board certified, fellowship trained, which means at least eight years of training after medical school. And we were dreaming about what's possible and working together, creating a podcast or sharing a message and how that would take form. And she said, What could I possibly have to offer? And I looked at her with wide eyes and said, a hundred things, a thousand things. And in my mind, I thought a million things, because not only does she have those credentials for training, but she's beautiful and brilliant and loving and abundantly compassionate. So every word that comes from her is like gold. (laughs) Another friend who started at a major university back in IT, so this was back when Macintosh computers were first introduced. No college degree, an interest in learning, pretty high achiever. And she spanned the years at this university, 30 years approximately, back in the days of new computers and figuring out servers, all the way to cloud computing and advanced security systems. And she figured out how to learn, what to learn, and how to become a nationwide expert within her specialty. No big deal, she did her job, pretty ordinary, but in my mind, pretty phenomenal for both of these ladies. So whose phenomenal is it? Well, it's ours and it's ours to share and to help others see it within themselves because we're often way better at seeing it in others than we are in ourselves. And what is phenomenal? Here's the cool thing, you get to decide. There's no right or wrong. In my mind, it's to be all in, all in it with commitment, with focus, with perseverance, all in using everything we have each day. And when we hit the pillow at the end of the day, knowing that we gave it our all. Looking at the different areas in life. So how does phenomenal look or show up for you in relationships with who you choose to have relationships with, what values guide them? and how you're living out those values. In your finances, so how you save, give, spend, manage or avoid debt. How you view money in in general. Is there more than enough? Or is there never enough? It's all a state of mind. What does phenomenal look like when it comes to money? The next area is a faith system or spirituality or a belief system outside of yourself. Is it something that you have defined? Is it unique to you or is it common? Are you part of a community that shares similar practices or ideas or ways of thinking? Or is it something that's only for you? And how does phenomenal fit in that? Next is a career. How are you learning and growing and leading and serving? How are you managing your energy and Balancing achievement with fulfillment. And does it look phenomenal? Or what does phenomenal look like? The next area is health. So this is what I think a lot about as a family medicine doctor. But I also think a lot about as a coach too. The different aspects of health. Managing sleep. So many of us are sleep deprived. Regularly sleep deprived that it's become normal. Looking at the foods we consume. So what are we eating? What are we drinking? At the movement of our bodies. On how we partner with our doctors. Or how we communicate with our doctors. And if we're staying current with our age or health history recommendations. Managing our energy. Managing our minds. So what does phenomenal look like with regards to your health? And then finally, with hobbies and community. So what is it that you do? How much time do you dedicate for it? Are there other resources that you have that you dedicate towards that? And again, shining a light or looking through a lens of phenomenal, how does it look? So each of these areas are ones that we define ourselves in. And the goal in bringing them up is to see in these areas that we participate in, in what makes up our life, How are we cultivating and creating our reality? And are we doing it in a way that's getting us closer to phenomenal? Here's some of the key components of phenomenal. The first one's reflection. So taking time to look at what's presented, whatever is presented in our life, and how we responded to it, and whether or not to repeat it, or maybe to tweak it, or maybe to think differently about it next time, because we don't always get it right. The value in reflection is looking at what we did well and what we might do differently in the future, if anything. So reflecting on how we used our time, our resources, our talents during the day, and is it in alignment with our values? So here's an example. If I have a test to take, let's say it's tomorrow. And I spend the day worrying about the test tomorrow. How effective is my studying going to be today? Is that a good use of my brain space and my time? If I yelled at my son, <laughs> he's 15 so there's a giggle here, was that the best use of energy? Did, did my values for the relationship guide that? And reflecting on it, not in a judgmental way, But reflecting on it, did it bring us closer together or not? Is this something to repeat or maybe to tweak in the future? So it's asking these questions in a way to review without judgment and to consider some alternatives for next time. And if you're anything like me, there's going to be a next time. (laughs) That's our humanity. Reflection is also a way to celebrate little victories. So I've had some few, a few outings with a new friend, and after the second one, she messaged and said that she's thankful that our paths have crossed. She's needed a friend like me, which is super cool. And it's helped me to reflect on the courage that it took to say, hey, I'd like to get to know you. I'm introverted, I'm shy, so saying that brings a, a general sense of discomfort, and I can celebrate that. Yes, that's absolutely worth doing next time, even if the answer is no. So number two is gratitude. Gratitude for what brought us to this time and place in our lives, for those who cross our paths and increase our awareness and understanding, for those who lifted us up without even knowing that they did. When I was at Fort Hood, and would drive home in the afternoons, there was a gentleman that would walk along the highway or walk along some major roads and wave and smile. And is was incredibly fit. And you could tell just based on the wave and the smile that this gentleman has a, a framework of abundance and he wanted to share it. And I looked forward to it every afternoon to seeing him. He was there, rain or shine, He was there if there was lightning. He was there. Such a wonderful example of living in abundance. Gratitude for who we were and what we didn't know. It's so easy to Monday morning quarterback. I do it all the time. I should have. I could have. Why didn't I? But having gratitude that we can't know until something takes place and we can only do our best in that moment. I think about this a lot as a doctor. I think about it though as a friend, as a parent, as a community member too. Weighing the risks and the benefits and really sorting through them and making sure that it's in alignment with my values. But if it's something that affects another person that it's in alignment with their values too. And that we've discussed it because we don't know what's gonna happen. And I want to believe that everything is gonna happen and be great. Life just isn't like that. Sometimes things go poorly. And I want to make sure that any decisions that are made, that we're in it together. Gratitude for who we are and what we're striving for. Is it fulfillment in a relationship, such as reconnecting? That's a big step. To celebrate reconnection, or at least considering it, and it's uncomfortable. Being willing to be uncomfortable to grow your life. That's worth gratitude. The next one is courage. To continue evolving into the best version of yourself. To listen without fear and judgment. To take action when no one else does, especially when it's uncomfortable. Going back to my friend who's in IT, it took courage for her to remain in a field at a university without a degree for so many years. It's remarkable. Moving on, the next one is compassion. And this is a big one and maybe an uncomfortable one. Compassion for what we didn't know or couldn't know, for whatever we're working towards that will take longer than we want it to or cost more than we want it to. Compassion for others who are stuck or scared or don't know where to turn. The next one is love. And here's one definition. Unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another. What a cool definition. (laughs) Nothing to add. Moving on to trust. Trust that you can handle anything. Trust that especially if you don't want to, or if you don't think you can, trust that you can have your own back. Letting go. Letting go of what doesn't serve you or others well. Here's an example. If I think a friend will be so much happier quitting her job, but she doesn't think so, is it going to serve her well or serve either of us well to keep bringing it up? And it could be job, it could be relationship, it could be health, whatever. So it's letting go. Letting go of the need to avoid or mask emotions. Letting go of mistakes in the past that our minds just continue to bring up. Letting go of pain. And letting that be okay. I get asked the question, how do I stop emotional eating or overeating? using a combination of all the above. So first is compassion for the pattern that's been instilled and reinforced, the pattern of not experiencing emotion but covering it up, eating to help calm down our nervous system or overeating for the same reason. Compassion for the discomfort of changing to a new way, a new way of experiencing emotion or at least allowing emotion Number two is courage to try something new, to persevere and feel the emotion. Courage to look at the underlying thinking that's behind it. Number three is reflection on the response each time the pattern or the habit comes up. How was it managed? How long did it last? Did I respond in a way that's in alignment with my values and my goals? What can I tweak in the future? Number four is love, for myself to process emotion. Love to look at my personal thinking, to always have my back, and to know that I'm going to continue learning. Number five is trust, that I can handle any emotion, that I don't need the old habit or the old ways of doing things, that I'm creating new paths that will serve me better, and I may not always get it right. Trust that this is the price to what I'm looking for or what I want in my life or my family's life. Number six is letting go of what's not in alignment, of the thinking that leads to the habit or the pattern, of the old ways of doing things. And number seven is gratitude for trying again, trying differently for what you've been through, new opportunities that are in front of you, Or now that you know differently, you can do differently and having gratitude for that. None of this is easy. When we want to change anything about our lives, we have to go through a period or maybe we don't have to, but we do. We go through a period of the discomfort of getting out of the old ways of doing things. And we've not yet reached the sense of wellness associated with the new things my coach calls it the river of misery. It's not comfortable, but that's what gets us on the right track to what we ultimately want. And for someone who wants to stop responding to emotion with eating, the price is, is freedom. That's what they're willing to go through to get to freedom. So, whose phenomenal is it? It's yours. It's both who we are and who we want to be. It's consistency in our lives. It's what we share with others and what we draw out of them in return. It's fulfillment that directs our efforts rather than achievement or moving from achievement to achievement. It's a state of being where you only have to be yourself and want to be consistently the best version of you. You may not know if and when you're there, because the only course guides are the ones that you create and set out along the way. A phenomenal life, or the journey to it, is uncommon territory. It makes you unique. Others may not understand or want to join you. I've learned this through mountain biking. It's something that I've started doing more often and doing more intense trails, And I've invited friends to join me, of which they respond, no, heck no, and never. (laughs) And it's taught me that it's easier to make a friend who mountain bikes than it is to make a mountain biker out of a friend. That just because I want to do it doesn't mean everyone wants to join me. It's also helped me appreciate that they don't have to. They're on their journey. I can be on mine. As your life shifts, you're going to recognize it clearly in others and be able to celebrate it with them as well and point it out to them because it's not always obvious that we're doing something that's more than ordinary, that's extraordinary or phenomenal. And the cool thing is that when we celebrate it in others, they celebrate it in us. So phenomenal living is a journey. It's not a destination. And it's only for those who dare to reach deeper into their core with the goal of living and loving in a profound way. So glad to be on your team. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you next time. Let's stay connected. Sign up for regular emails at georgemdcoaching.com forward slash freebie. And you'll receive a guide on the five obstacles to your ideal weight. That's georgemdcoaching.com forward slash F-R-E-E-B-I-E.